Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week, I'm joined by Josh and Reese for another video gaming chat. Now, if you're a regular listener, you'll know that a few months ago, I think it was, um, Reese and Josh came on. You know, Josh being uh, the gentleman with me on Science But Simple, Reese has shown up on numerous uh, podcasts. Um, but the one a few months back, we basically spoke about, we kind of started talking about nostalgia and the kind of games we liked, and then it slowly morphed into what we hated about the gaming industry, and then kind of became this big thing of us talking about what we don't like about microtransactions and a lot of the new things that have come about with recent gaming and the modern gaming industry. Um, so what we thought is we'd get back together and we try and focus more so on the positives of like uh, gaming and end up becoming more of a chat about nostalgia so like playstation 1 playstation 2 games uh, original xbox games um gamecube as well you know that sort of era between sort of the mid 90s and the mid thousands mid 2000s rather um well you'd have to assume it was the mid 2000s because the mid 1000s didn't have video games of well, to my knowledge, who knows? I'm, I'm joking, obviously. You know, a thousand years ago, they didn't have electricity and stuff. Anyway, I'm rambling. So yeah, for anyone who's interested in just video games or likes feeling nostalgic about video games and stuff, this is a great podcast for you. Uh, you know, we talk about Spyro and Crash Bandicoot, Rayman, Pokemon, Jack and Daxter, those sort of things, as well as, you know, the N64 and that sort of jazz. Reese does talk about Dark Souls for a bit as well, which is quite cool. I know that's not necessarily nostalgic. Well, I assume not for any of you because it's not even that old. Um, but that did kind come into it because we were talking about sort of games being challenging and getting stuck and that sort of thing. A couple of quick things regarding this one. Um, there is an annoying clicking noise at one point. I think it's around the 15 minute mark. I do apologise. It pops up every now and then. I'm trying out new recording software and a few different things here and there. Um, which So it's, it's completely my fault. Hands up for that. Sorry. Hopefully it doesn't ruin the experience for you. Um, I also had a cold while recording this. I still have a bit of one, a bit nasally. Um, so if my, my voice sounds a bit weird. I do apologise for that. Um, I, I think I sneezed off camera once or off camera, uh, off mic uh, once or twice, but I, I I seem to think that I did listen back to it, but I think there is a point where you can hear it a little bit. So once again, I do apologise for that. Um, and then also about halfway through the chat, uh, Josh has to go. He has to go off and do something else. Um, so he leaves, and it's just me and Reese. Um, the general audio quality uh, it does improve at that point because the first few minutes of this, Josh is a little bit away from the mic. Um, there's a few other things. It's not Josh's fault. It's my fault. Obviously, it's my show. I'm going to be sort of keeping an eye on these sort of things. But basically, recent Josh there, it's just a little bit too far from the mics and things. So it does sound a little bit off. It does get a lot better um, after the first minute or two. Um, and then after, you know, halfway through when it's just Reese, it is a lot better. Um, so if you're a new listener, hello. I'm sorry about your hearing all this preamble before the show. Um, and I do apologize. The audio quality is not up to the usual standard that it is. Um, so sorry about that. Anyway, the chat is really good, so I hope you guys will enjoy it. Um, before the chat gets started, there's going to be a promo for the Piecing It Together podcast, which I've had the promo of theirs before. Great show, go check them out. Link to their show and stuff is in the description, that sort of jazz. As always, guys, I'm going to be back at the end of the podcast to talk about the upcoming releases and the usual sort of tomfoolery. You know, like, subscribe, follow, whatever on social media, podcast apps, all that jazz. I appreciate iTunes links. I appreciate people ch- sharing the show. And most of all, I appreciate you guys enjoying the show so that's the main goal hopefully this small amount of audio discrepancies don't cause too much of an issue for you guys um apologies once again if they do um and that's about it for me so yeah um, i'll be back at the end and i hope you guys enjoy 
Was A Quiet Place inspired by signs it comes at night in War for the Planet of the Apes? Was Ready Player One influenced by Avatar, Wreck-It Ralph, and The Last Starfighter? Is The Hurricane Heist more influenced by Sharknado or Geostorm? These are the kinds of questions my guest co-hosts and I discuss on my podcast, Piecing It Together. Every week we look at a new movie and try to figure out what other movies inspired it. Whether it's the story, the character development, tone, or even use of music. Every movie was influenced by something that came before and we want to figure out what. Check out Piecing It Together on your favorite podcast app or check us out on piecingpod.com. You can also follow us on social media at piecingpod. Piecing It Together is a part of the All Points West Podcast Network. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. We just decided to get on a podcast and talk about games for a bit, so here we are. We're uh, we're talking about games from uh, quite a while ago. Like we're talking about a lot of PS2 games actually. And how many years ago was that? Was the PS2 released? You looked it, it up. Uh, March something, two thousand. Two thousand. Yeah. So it's now getting to nineteen years ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fucked up. Mm. It makes me highly, highly uncomfortable. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean it's. I I keep thinking of it as like it's like a decade ago. That's just kind of how I felt about the PS2 for like the last decade, mm. and it's getting to now two decades. So, mm. oh yeah, we're on like the, the fourth PS no console now. It's gonna be twentieth anniversary next year. I think they're gonna. There's quite a lot of rumors that there's gonna be more consoles announced um, yeah. in 2020. Yeah. It seems in this kind of iteration thing. No, no, like. I mean, when when did this when did this generation come out? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Like 2010, 2011. Here what? we are. No, no, no. The, the Xbox One would have been later than that. Yeah. Than the PS, the PS, the PS4 was before the Xbox One, but the Xbox One came out kind of at the same time. I think the PS4 Pro became a thing. I think it's that late. It was it was it was close. I think it's pretty close. Uh, where the Xbox One um, release date was the twenty second of November two thousand thirteen. Really? Now, so 2013, yeah, and the PS4, so it's been four years. Uh, PS4 was 15th of November. It was the, the 15th, no, because November and we're in February, so it's closer to... Right, so five years then. What did I say? Three. Well, <laughs> whatever. Okay, it's, it was an amount of time ago. Yeah, five, five, five years ago. Okay, so um, yeah, that's 15th, so they're like a week apart. Like just over a week. Um, right. Anyway, so PS4 games, uh, PS4 games, PS2 games. Uh, we were talking about. Um, there's quite a few of them that we we absolutely love. There's not a lot to say about them at the moment because it's not the longest podcast in the world. But like a lot of honourable mentions, I've thought about like uh, Ty the Tasmanian Tiger. Did you guys ever play that? No. Okay, you both disappointed. They brought, they brought it out as a remaster on Steam recently. Oh really? It's like a Naughty Dog sort of game. The, yeah. the, the fun fact here is that you two are on one boat and I'm on another. Because, as you both probably aware, I never owned a PS2. Yeah. I had a, I had the original Xbox, but I didn't own a PS2. Yeah, that was just a jumping off point. Like You can talk about any game that you want um, before that. Um, <laughs> it doesn't. Which I believe is the point. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. There's why he did it. <laughs> That's why he, he he just decided to be a psychopath. Just sw- flick that switch. Um, yeah. So, what, what kind of um, what was your guys' favorite consoles? Like uh, going on that, that sort of. Thing? <laughs> what, what was, like, like the, 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 the 
the best memories of was it was a ps1 ps2 gamecube oh, yeah. so mine was either ps2 or gamecube what about you josh uh it's I, I tor- i'm torn but i'd probably say it's more in terms of the games that i played that i have the most fond memories of is probably the ps1 okay yeah to be fair it's actually probably 360 but that's too late for this discussion <laughs> yeah i thought i thought about that and thought well, i could say that but 360 is my favorite i still think i feel more for the ps1 games I did love PS1 but I got that when I was like 8 I think do you remember Medieval? No. I barely I played a demo of that game I played a demo of that game <laughs> I never played the actual full game oh, the I Fox, it and I know I never got it yeah the Fox game with the, the sword nightly or something holy shit oh, I had that demo as well actually yeah, that I, I had a demo like yeah yeah PS1 magazines <laughs> PlayStation <laughs> magazines Oh, they're so good. They were great. And you just play like loads of demos and you just be like, this game is amazing and then you just never get it because you're a child and you can't just get stuff whenever you want. Like with an adult, you can put yourself in financial de- jeopardy. But if like a game comes out that you want, it's just like, I'm probably just going to get it. Like usually you don't really have to worry about it that much. If you're careful with your money, you can like, I can spare you know, X amount of money. But back in the days where you got a game and your parents like got it for you when you were out in like town or whatever and they're like, can we go back and play it? It's like, no, we have to do all our shopping and all this sort of stuff. And I'm sat here reading the Croc Legend of the Gobbos <laughs> instruction booklet that's very thin. Yes, that game is fucking yes. amazing. Yeah, all those sort of platformer games like that, and obviously Crash Bandicoot, uh, Spyro, um, all those sort of uh, games like that. They're all... Games I, like that. I, I hold <laughs> I know, you know. a close affinity to, to Spyro. Especially with the new remasters as well. They've been so good. Like, massive nostalgia. It's like 3D platformers where you yeah. play some sort of mythical cute creature. You guys are wearing matching sweaters. I only just noticed. <laughs> I only literally just noticed. Like, yours are a little bit more staticky and his are a bit more lined. That's it. Indeed. So you're wearing jogger moms and he's wearing jeans. Whereas my okay, sorry for po- people listening are like, what? Why does he care? I was like, why didn't he notice that earlier? Sorry, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry. The uh, sorry, 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 sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Spyro. Yes. You the remasters? Because I Reese, did you play the remasters? Um. Yes, I have them. Okay. I I I I I binge that stuff and when like balls more was. <laughs> Balls to the walls. Balls to the walls. That sounds like you watched a lot of internet, like Rule 34. Uh, yeah, like 120% the first one, 100% the second one, 117% I think it is the third one. So you basically hunt beyond 100% uh, yeah, all of it. It's basically you complete it and then there's like the bonus after like, so the post-game essentially. Um, and it's just a case of... I never played the first one before the remaster and... It definitely has age, but I think it still holds a certain amount of um, decency in the gameplay. It's it's just back when games were. It sounds really like bad to say, but I mean, in a bad way. Back when games were simpler, yeah, and when it was like the, one of the massive things that these sort of remastered games with the crash ones and the spiral ones show is that you can make an enclosed finite single player experience that's not a 60 they're, they're made from the ground up they're not like just an HD remake or something or an HD reskin or something they are rebuilt from the ground up and they are like what 40 45 pound 
No, not even that. There's 30 like quid. 30, 30, yeah, Crash Bandicoot is 30, 30 quid. quid. Even right up there, like $60 triple A. It's like 10 quid a game. And three games. Yeah, 10 quid a game. It's like, that is, I'm very happy you with that. You can make enclosed, single player, um, finite experiences for a relatively low cost. Uh, well, for uh, and sell them for relatively cheap compared to, quite frankly, games that are have less content and require you to keep putting money in for DLC and online services and this, that, and the other. And it's just there. And it's like, well, why is this not still the business model? Mm. But anyway, that's beside the point of this one. This is the other positive stuff. <laughs> yeah. I think the, the thing I have to spiral is that it, a lot of the platformy, jumpy, glidey, or what sorts of games, the plat- just the platform, 3D platformers, were... They always felt to some degree clunky. Yes. Mm. And I feel that Spyro was a lot smoother. And it also felt, a lot of those games also felt like collectathons. Where Spyro has those elements, but it has enough diversity to not feel like that. Mm. I feel like it feels more like an open world game because you have the, yeah. the where the gliding thing is a, is a good point. Like Rayman does have uh, those sorts of mechanics in it as well. And I do love Rayman, uh, especially the 3D ones. But like the, the glide, the, the open world, like I love Crash Bandicoot. But it is incredibly linear. You know, it's a very linear game. Whereas Spyro is a lot more because I think you have the more open world hubs, don't you? Like a proper full on actual hub world where you've got like, things to do around the hub world, like mm-hmm. mini missions and stuff. Enemies, collectibles. Yeah. You can run, it was fast. It's a very fast game for its time that you had that sort of control on because like mm-hmm. Crash is very like a jogging pace, if that. Croc, I re- or Legend of the Gobbos and stuff, I remember being like running. Gex lots of jogging oh, pace yeah. they're all uh, when I say croc I meant jogging as well they're all quite sort of slowish mm. c- characters that are like uh, you know anthropomorphic creatures in some way but Spyro was I agree more, more, a lot more wait I like the collecting elements but as you said they just seem like a lot more to do mm. yeah I think the fluidness comes from the animation when you charge Mm, I like that. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, I just it's charge all, all the time, and you get you don't jump. You jump over the little uh, the loads of little platforms, and you can just do it really quick. I think the the other thing with that is it shows what can be done to create three entirely. They 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 are despite how similar they look because they are made in the same engine with the same a lot of the same assets and all that sort of things with a few changes and whatnot. They all three games share the same in terms of sound fonts and uh, the thematic and just the general look, but that is three unique experiences that were made in the space of about four years. Yeah, like Spyro Three literally came out a year after Spyro Two. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Fucking hellfire. Spyro 2 and Spyro 3 were both yeah. amazing. Yeah, they did. If we think about it, Cra- Crash were pretty much the same. It's probably because they didn't really change the engine much, did they? They just kind of they upgraded the graphics a lot more of it. They kind of found. Also, when you re when you make another game like on the same console, if you don't add too much, it's very much easier to go. Okay, well, this is how we did it. We made it before. We've got all this. Now we're going to spend the next you know year improving everything. Mm-hmm. And making it all better and run smoother and add a, little, a few things here and there and add and change obviously the ceramics but keep the engine but just add 
because we've got more time now. We've got the main difficulty. When you make, like a lot of the time, sequels to games are often the better of the one. Not all the sequels, like you go to loads of them, but like when you get a game and then the second one, it's not uncommon for the second one to actually be better. Dark Souls? What do so you think the first one's better than the second one? Oh, yeah. The first one is better than the second one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But there's well, a lot. Regardless, it's not made by the, it's not made under the same lead developer, so there's mm. reasons for the differences. Yeah. The, the, the general premise I think that we both agree on is that Dark Souls 2 tried to emulate what made Dark Souls 1 so popular mm-hmm. and missed the point. Missed the point yeah. Yeah. It's still a good game in its own right, but I think it doesn't compare to the first one. It's kind of like the same situation that Double Cry 2 is in. It's the first game where there's lots more gameplay. Mm-hmm. So they're just completely focused on the gameplay and not thought of anything like atmosphere or just anything else. It's just... Totally just like action fuck fast so they just throw a load of mob mob enemies at you. But yeah. So yeah, like Devil Devil May Cry 2 syndrome. Yeah, exactly. Devil May Cry 2 is the same as well. I fucking love Devil May Cry. Are either of them published by the same? Are they both Capcom? No. No. What's Dark Souls? Uh, From Software. (laughs) Okay, who are all the people that make Dark Souls? From Software. They're called From Software. They're literally the only people that make them. Yeah, it's the developer. Yeah. One developer. Which usually is the case when making a game with one developer. Yeah, but who are the other the other companies involved? Well, the publisher. I don't know. Probably. Uh, 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 Capcom. Uh, Namco Bandai. That's what I I knew. It was some sort of recognised uh, publisher. I knew something. I recognised a name to do with it. That's why I thought it was Capcom at one. Um, but did you guys ever play like the original Mega Man? No. You see, I never really. I played it a little bit, but I wasn't that fan. I liked Zero. Oh, I did once watch a video. I think actually we both watched it a long time ago. I think it was Eager Raptor did a video about Mega Man X. I think. Yeah, there's two of them. Sequelitis things. Yeah, I, I love X. those things. I'm not sure. They're the best. Basically, whatever it was, it was a Mega Man that people love. I can't remember if it might be Mega Man X, but Mega Man Two. I don't fucking know. Right, there's loads of them. Yeah, but it was one of them, and he was basically talking about why the first level is pure genius, and he's like breaking down every single design decision as he goes along the screen. It was very interesting. Yeah, yeah. That game's meant to be amazing, but probably aged pretty badly, I imagine. Well, you just play them and they're quite simplistic, so they get. Yeah, simplistic games tend to age better. That is true. That is very true, and it depends on the graphics. But the graphics of those games, like, I think if you played the third one, you for example, like you get a lot more enjoyment than the first one because the difference, because the first of a game series, especially in those days, Mm. is very different. Like you think about the first Gears of War game. You think that's fucking brilliant, you know. You think about the first Mario game, you're like, you know, this is great for its time, but I don't get the same feeling as when I play like a modern Mario 3D full on like, Odyssey Galaxy. That's what you, you play Super Mario Brothers, and you're like, this is really good. And then you play Odyssey, and you're like, this is like drugs, but like video game style. Like as in, I just feel amazing. Like I don't like it. Just feels awesome to do, and like you know, uh, with Mario Galaxy and things, it's just so much fun and the colours and stuff but but, so, the colours yeah exactly so I mean that game is specifically that's why I did the, the reference because it's just like that sort of you know visual sort of stuff but I, still, I still find um, like the general theme of this conversation is that the overall atmosphere and gameplay of the game does um, almost it, it, for us at least it holds more bearing than just fidelity of graphics oh yeah atmosphere yeah, yeah. Like, like as going back to the, the Spyro point is that those use the same exactly the same in terms of their graphic design and stuff they might use small iterations and improvements here and there but they use the same framework they weren't massive graphical improvements on each other maybe they had a few more polygons or something but 
Um, it's literally a case of they just made those three experiences and each one iterated on the previous one and added more and that's what made them so good Yeah, is that it was a okay this is good as it is let's not try and reinvent the wheel let's just try and add more spokes and that's what they did with Crash Bandicoot Um, and that's also what they did with one of my favourite games and I know it's one of Reese's favourite games Jack 3 <laughs> I've only ever played Jack and Daxter the Precursor Legacy you are a heathen you are a heathen he's correct uh, that game is something else <laughs> fine I need to leave something <laughs> Jack 3 is just <sighs> glorious <laughs> it, well, you play you obviously Jack and Daxter the Precursor Legacy Josh Like, what, what do you like about that um, one of the things is just the the, the general um, the the game has a lot of charm. Hmm. Uh, the animation. One thing I've actually watched certain things on there in terms of the animation of that game and the amount of stretching. The the squash and the stretch yeah. make everything seem very fluid. Um, even the case the case of I remember just sitting for times with Kieran, we're playing through it, starting a new game. And you can't skip character dialogue. If someone's talking to you, you can't skip it. All we would do was keep pausing and unpausing the game and seeing it's a ridiculous facial expression that would come out of me. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It was stuff like that. But in general, the, the gameplay is solid and there. It can be a bit clunky and janky at times. But overall, it's just a well-structured game with a lot of charm. A lot of It, again, has that whole feeling of there's lots to do. But... At the end of the day, it's still just a collectathon. Yeah, it was actually it's, it's like we said earlier about those games where you play like a cute fluffy animal with like a three D platformer collectathon. Mm-hmm. The first one was like that, and the second one went all serious, and, all, and then the third one was all like. By the time we got to the third one, there's guns and fucking. The second one, oh, guns. Se- the, the second one, you have four weapons, but the, the third one, you have loads more. Uh, yeah, there's the it's less like the little um, jet bike sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Don't go over the lava. But it, 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 it's just a case of it, it has the in terms of the graphics and the way the game looks and feels to play, it just feels good to play. And the game itself, like in terms of the scripting and the storyline and everything that's going on, it has that charm. It, it injects a lot of humour in places that you think that that doesn't fit, and it works yeah. because it's just so because the game is so shameless about trying to be like funny. It works. Mm. Okay, it's almost like fourth. Like, it's almost like a Disney. Yeah. Especially Daxter. Like, like Daxter obviously does pretty much all. Yeah, Daxter talking. is the comedic value because everyone else is serious. Yeah. Daxter is the comedic value. And Jack, and Jack, Jack was the first one. Yeah, he's silent in the first game. Oh yeah. Whereas in the second or third one, he actually has a character. Yeah. Like you, you control like you They're just fucking. You can choose to be like good or bad, sort of evil. Just like, puberty and fucking grows a goat and becomes super edgy. Yeah, and he's like really like. Not, I can't remember his personality thinking about it that much. Well, he's like sort of like a cool guy. Yeah. I just remember the, the gameplay just That's being like. unbelievably amazing. Like, I think there was talks of them like remaking some of them. Or, uh... Uh, Jack and Daxter has received, the, the first one at least, has had a, I, I don't know about the other ones that may have done, um, have had a, essentially the HD re-release. It is, it's just an up, it's like an upscale, uh, like a reskin fix in HD. Whereas... So it's, it's, it's not like the Crash or the Spyro, it's just like the graphics are scaled up to work in HD form with like 1080p and all that sort of stuff. Mm. That's that's the only change. That's Jack 3? No, Jack 1. 
I'm about to say, yeah. I've got, I don't know about I've got a Deck 3. Yeah, I've got a Deck 3 on my PlayStation. What is it on? on like a emulator? They're, they're, they're definitely available on the like the uh, PlayStation Network. Yeah, you can download them. It's like 10 quid or something. Oh, is that the original? Yeah, it's just download Deck 3 and play Deck 3. Oh, yeah, because you played that for a few days straight, didn't you? Yeah, I think I played it. Well, I wasn't a few days straight. I didn't actually play it that much. I'll tell you what, it's really depressing. It doesn't actually hold up very much. It's because it is one of those 3D platformer things. But the same saying that, it doesn't get a pass on that because we just established the first one actually to achieve it a lot better. Yeah. Mm. I don't know, actually saying that, I don't know. the movement is still... Oh, you, you can get remastered one, yeah, on the PS3. It's just, it, it just didn't the, know what it wanted. The PS3 to has remasters mm-hmm. of three of them. I think that that's the case of one of the things of they started with something good and tried to iterate on it. Mm. And I, know, I haven't played it so I can't judge. But from what you're saying, it lost its direction. It tried to reinvent itself in slightly the wrong way and lost its... Um, like how concise and the, the, the finesse. Are you talking about the second the or the third one? Both, really, but particularly by the third one. Well, I think it, I think it just evolved and grew as a game. It's like a, almost examples like a Harry Potter. Yeah, there's that thing. That's that video I saw going out about God of War. That guy's going on about the bad things about the new God of War game. It's like it doesn't know what it wants to be. It's trying lots of things, and that's fine. And it could do it well. And it does do it well. And Jack Three is one of my favorite games of all time. But if if they are capable of making a game that good, they were to make it concise. Like obviously, it's not as good now, but at the time, obviously, it's not as impressive either because like because it's early days. But the original Mario is so concise; it's literally like you fucking go right and you jump and don't get hit and you get to the end. Like that's all it is. Or Devil Daggers. You played Devil Daggers? I have seen it. Yeah, it's like the most. Oh, it's, it's literally it's like an arena. It's a, it's, it's a game that's on Steam. It's a first person shooter, and you just you have no HUD, and you just shoot this wave based thing in this creepy, like, 8 bit environment. 3D kind of first person thing. And you just have to live as long as possible, and you just shoot. And there's a couple of extra things, like, there's different types of enemies that come up. Uh, and you get, like, power ups and stuff like that. But other than that, it's like you're in a small circle, and you just, that's it for the whole entire game. That's 15 it. quid. That's, is that on Steam? That's on the, Steam. Is that the one with a world record, like a big, it's all about yeah, the high scores and stuff? Like yeah, how for how long you can mm-hmm. live for, and it becomes absolutely insane when you see people hide things. But basically, that game is so unbelievably concise, it's so simple. But because it's so simple, they can focus on making that one particular aspect of the game that we like, which is in that in that case, like running around and shooting lots of things. It's all like Doom, running around fast, shooting things mm-hmm. fast. Um, it's honing in on that thing that we like and just making it the perfect version of that, and then just giving you only that. But it is the perfect thing of that. Yeah. So if you like that aspect of gaming, it's the perfect thing for that aspect, and that's what those games are. It's like for. if you've got say a hundred things, I don't know, just make it like a monetary thing or something. Like that. You got a hundred gold, a thousand, yeah, let's go like a thousand gold, and you have a ten pots that each do one thing, um, and you can put up to five hundred gold in each one. Right. Do you? Put your money in all the pots and have a hundred gold in each, or do you sink your one thousand gold into two pots in particular and invest heavily in those for five hundred each? Yeah, and that is what a lot of it is with genres, with almost any aspect of well, art, isn't it? Like music, with, with music is a bit more of a widespread thing, but like with games, they're starting to as the technology progresses, you can have more in a game. Like and the, it's starting to spread things too thinly. Yeah, to a degree. I think, uh, yeah, I, considering I think, had the short time scales on which like developers have been pushing yeah. out. I think what, what your your point that you, that you said, Mike, about um, the fact that what is possible now compared to 
10, 20 years ago, 15, 15, 20 years ago, because of what was possible back then was much more limited. They did invest in these particular aspects of the game. Yeah. And that developed those and made them really good. But now a lot of things are like, are spread too thinly. It creates a, a sort of, it can create a sort of fragmented, um, un, inconsistent experience that, um, can sometimes lead to a game just feeling off. Yeah. Some games, modern games still do it very well. Like, I, I would say that the, the new God of War does it very well. Um, it doesn't put, it doesn't put its fingers in too many pots. Uh, but a lot of games recently try and do too much, often at the behest of the um, publishing companies that just want to say, how can we maximise our money out of this? There are certain games that I've played, uh, not in the last couple of years, but like the last like, five, six years, um, when I was a lot more, when I was into gaming a lot more. I mean, the kind of games we play them, you go, this is all right the whole time. And like, You'd go through it, and there's quite a few on PS2 and things where you'd play the first couple of levels. You go, "This is an alright intro level," and then you go to the next bit, and like, "Oh, it's now a unnecessary stealth level, which doesn't really fit the mechanics of the game, and it's just really clunky and boring, and it just ruins like it makes stealth game seem worse." And then it also means there's a portion of this game where instead of enhancing the experience of that particular thing, it's sidetracked all these other parts, and that's why a game like Mario 64 made such a brilliant splash because it's like you have two mechanics jump and punch that's mixed together with obviously other things but that's the base thing in the game you run through and you do that and like it it's so simple and that's kind of what nintendo all about isn't it that's why it's so accessible for so many people and that's why like nintendo are responsible nintendo's also not without its complexities i think a, a huge number of people don't actually realize how how much essentially maths and calculation and equation and background actually go into something like Pokemon. There is so much background information going on, so much random numbers and random data going on, that the whole thing about people playing it competitively these days is so much about like number crunching, figuring out what exactly you need to survive certain things and this and the other. Um, yes, back in then it wasn't so common it hadn't, like, it flourished in that competitive scene. But I don't think... Nintendo or Game Freak, at least, have ever tried to reinvent the game too much. They've tried to change it and alter it in ways to try and improve it. Like Generation Two made massive improvements and removed a load of the bugs that were in Generation One that literally broke the game. <laughs> um, despite how how despite how good and how much credit has to be given to the first generation of Red, Blue, and Yellow, and Green if you look in Japan. Um, there's not really like you can't then ignore the faults that were later improved on. They then yeah. added uniqueness and differences, so that they had the addition of the natures and the abilities. Then in generation four they added the physical special split so that individual moves were decided as physical or special rather than as by typing. And for me, generation four is my favourite. I don't know what it was I think that's somewhere around like two thousand and three or something like that. Mm. Yeah, because wait, there's it's red and blue, and then and yellow, gold, silver, and crystal. Yep, my favorite. Um, ruby, sapphire, and emerald. I think my favorite is also crystal. But yeah. And then um, I would rate Gen two very highly as well. Uh, and then it is uh, diamond, and diamond pearl, and platinum. To be fair, I did love pearl and platinum. Mm. Platinum I is platinum. 
Platinum is generally regarded, I think, across a lot of people as like one of the best in the series, full stop. Yeah. Um, that was the game where I remember knowing that people were sort of, sort of like, because I loved Pokemon when I was growing up, and yeah. people sort of like, you grow up and you play like PS2 games, like, no, 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 so to speak, for kids. Um, so people like were saying, oh, Pokemon's not very good, and then I played Pokemon. Like, so what was it, um, what was before that? Sapphire, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Ruby, yeah. I didn't like those ones. Oh, really? I loved Ruby. 7.8 out of 10, too much, was it? <laughs> oh, I can't remember. I, I, I played Ruby, I think, I can't remember much of it. Yeah, completely. That's what I was thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I think. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to see how long we can stay quiet for one before he tries to. <laughs> I was just hoping he was going to do it for ages. Um, we're talking about that Hoenn region and like, uh, Ruby Sapphire and like Pokemon. Oh, yeah, and I went and played, uh, Platinum because we were going on DS, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It. Was it the first one that came on DS or something? Uh, no, it'd be, it'd be the second one because it's, uh, Diamond and Pearl came out. Mm. And then uh, Platinum was like the third edition, like Emerald was the third edition. So. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I remember playing that and thinking, like, I don't know what the fuck people are talking about. <laughs> like, this is still great. I mean, if people are going to come out in DS, that's it. That's it. That's it. I can't remember who it was, but someone I knew was dissing it because the DS one, and I guess it was shook because it was on DS or something. I can't remember the fuck what the reason it was. <laughs> but I remember just playing it and thinking, you're a fucking muppet, man. This is sick. This is still sick. This is great. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And it's evolved. And it evolved in the perfect, and I guess it's very precise. Yeah. It evolved in a perfect in perfect way for it to be still interesting. A few games can release a game every like what two years and still a few games can release a game every two years and it be still getting the amount of ground it is without it changing that much because the formula is pretty much spot on. Yeah. It's it's just the tweaking and adding of it. That's one thing that Nintendo I think do very well is what well, they they've survived on their first party IPs. Yeah, because they have nailed the formula for those IPs, and they can they know people love those games, and they can make small iterations and small changes to try and think. Let's try out some small new thing, and then see where it goes. But still follow the same sort of format. What's best for kids and for let's call them as a joke. I want to clarify, normies, like where like people who just don't understand games, like me. Basically, I'm a casual now. But um, the thing is. With Mario, everyone, my mum knows who Mario is and Pikachu is, and then some of the Nintendo characters they could v- vaguely get. Like, there's a few more of them, you know. But <laughs> things like that that people just generally know some Nintendo characters. But if you show the same people who barely know Nintendo characters, you show them any of the big ones from like uh, Sony or Microsoft, like there wouldn't be a chance, like mm-hmm. com- comparatively. Maybe Master Chief. I was thinking maybe Master Chief. Because that anyone I can think of. I yeah, don't think so- I have to guess the name. If I showed my mum a picture of Master Chief, I said, have you seen that before? She'd probably say, yeah, She'd probably say, yeah that's about as far as it goes, really. Master I think Chief. my mum would say Halo. Because that's, that's Halo, isn't it? Yeah, my mum saw the big poster I had in my room for ages, so she'd say yeah. Halo. And that would be, yeah, you're right, but wrong. My mum might know, but I highly Yeah. But yeah, I think um, one of the things, in, ter- in terms of the talking about Gen 4 very quickly to final point on that, is that um, even today, the format of competitive Pokemon still follows that. There, there's no real significant changes to the way that all of this, as I said, all this background information that is involved in how the battles actually go down. None of it has changed significantly. There's been tweaks to certain moves, slight changes. Obviously, there's additions with each new generation. But 
it's still just, okay, there's the physical special split, there's the natures, there's the abilities, and then there's all the stats and things that are going on, and there's IVs and EVs, which have been there from the very beginning, yeah. which were hidden and still relatively, they're, they're less hidden now. Yeah. One thing that Nintendo's done very well, or that Game Freak has done very well with that series, is that since Generation 4, they thought, right, we've nailed how we want all the stats and everything like that to work, and now they've just made the iterations and improvements, and changes to things, other things in the game, like items and stuff, to make that competitiveness much more accessible. Just like you smash. Oh, boom. Segue. Smash Bros. Let's just clarify, though. I didn't play the N64 one that much when I was that sort of age. When it came out. I did like once or twice. I only really played Smash properly with Melee. Like, and I think when I played it on the N64, I didn't even realize what it was until after playing Melee. So, and I went back and played the N64 one after we got the Wii U one. So, yeah, is it? Yeah, it was very good. Uh, is it? We just is it time, Joshua? Somewhere around there, close off somewhere. If if you want to head up, me and Reese can keep on chitter chatting. Going along the, the... I'll see the end of this like, little bit of skit and then I'll probably pop off. Skit. Let's do a skit, bro. Let's do a skit. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's like rap songs, isn't it? I'm, yeah. I'm just done mainly the Eminem and Techno ones. Um, what helps it does songs, well, I guess? God, don't ruin it, do I, I don't know any of the... <laughs> I don't know any of the skits. I could do like Eminem songs. Let's do it! No, I'm not going to do that on podcasting. Hopefully yeah, ever. Whatever. Let's just not right. and see we did. Yeah. One day. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Um, but I was talking about with Smash, it's just like, I played the N64 one, and I could talk about this, because Melee, we kind of said, like, GameCube is still pretty nostalgic, because it came out, was it, 2001? 2003? 2001, yeah, 2001. In November 2001, so. Because that was PS... Uh, PS... The, the, I'm pretty sure the GameCube came out it was before the DSs. It was 2002. It was 2001 or 2002, I don't know. Yeah, it was around that sort of region anyway. But that's, you know, about 15-plus years ago. So, mm. is that, well, you know, we're like 24, 25 here, so... It's kind of it's pretty nostalgic. It's quite a long time still, sure, fifty so years. Right, yeah. Still a long ass time. Like but like I feel like anyone who played those games no matter what age they were, if they were older, if they were our age now when they first played those games. I would feel like given gaming was still a new thing at that time, even though they were our age. Mm-hmm. I feel like they feel nostalgic about it as well. Well yeah, the golden age of gaming I think is between the N sixty four Dreamcast sort of days up to like basically the PS two GameCube. Like I even though I not, I think that the PS3 and onward, they haven't got some absolutely phenomenal games. But I think the general consensus from people is that was when there's the most original games that were the most different. It was the most groundbreaking, and a lot of these things that were yeah. not. Well, for us, in terms of um, if you're looking at stuff like 3D things, uh, Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time, I believe, was one of the things that practically gave birth to the the, the 3D. Well, well, pseudo free roam sort of exploration. That yeah. was Mario 64. What was it? Yeah, yeah Mario 64 was first. And then Zelda, like, Mario 64 was like, look, what we can do is like, wow, this is cool. These levels are so big. Then Zelda's like, here you fucking go. I was like, Jesus. Mario 64 was called Mario 64 because it was 64 bit. Yeah, that's what the N64 was called, the N64. 64 bit processing in a 3D environment. And it's the best thing ever. And I've seen people online in videos and stuff talk about the. I've never experienced this because I've played 3D games before playing that game. Same. But, um, when they had only played 2D games at that point, and then they open it, and on the home screen, it's just Mario's head renders, and then like 3D, and it moves, depending on where you pass it with. Yeah. And them just being absolutely astonished. It's like, that's the first time I've ever seen that before. 
Yeah. I mean, that would be a very cool experience. Well, something... Sorry, it's like some of the people... Uh, we obviously miss that sort of thing, but there's a lot of kids nowadays that miss a lot of things we got. Like, as in, I remember like playing games on PS1, PS2, but like the first actual realistic face. Like, that's not as much of a big leap, but like when you got to certain games where it's like, that actually proper looks like a person. Like, like Halo, that sort of thing. Not like full on, but like the difference there compared to like 64 bit yeah, PS1. I remember um, Xbox, the original Xbox. Yeah, original Xbox. Split and Cell Chaos Theory on the original Xbox. One best cell game ever made, ever. Actually, maybe saying actually no, no, it's not. No, it's not too. Sorry. Immediate backtrack. Round number two is the best game I've ever released. I know it's up for debate. I'm, I'm going re- to basically edit this so it makes it sound like you're just constantly saying Splinter Cell instead of Splinter Cell. But no, uh, Splinter Cell, that is on the original Xbox and that looked, the uh, first time I saw that I was absolutely astonished by the graphics. I was like, what the hell is this? See, I only played that game afterwards. the first game I think I ever saw on the original Xbox was that, and that's the first thing I ever saw on Xbox and I was just thinking like, what is this console? And look at the rest of the games on there. And they are good on there. The graphics are good at the time, but nothing comparison to fucking... The Chaos Theory could have come out early 360. Yeah. It's insane. It still looks good today. You play it, it still looks pretty pretty damn decent. It's nuts. I don't have to pop off. So I'll say my last piece, which is rolling back to the... It doesn't need to be like a super good graphics. It just needs to be a nice enclosed experience that feels complete. Um, probably one of my favourite games ever. Like, not even just racing games, but in games. It was definitely in my top three games ever for just the feel of the game and how much I enjoyed it. Crash Team Racing. Fuck yeah. Yes. And also then in the same kind of vein of things of just how good it was in the enclosed experience. It added the humour. It added a bit of seriousness. It didn't try too hard anything. It relied on its simple mechanics but made interesting levels out of it. It was Rayman The Great Escape. Yes, I love both. the first Rayman game. I played Rayman one before because my parents got me a my parents my parents got me a math one where you play the first Rayman game, but you answer math questions and you have to like go through certain tunnels, which were certain things. Very interesting. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm popping off so continue our last conversation. Slater, I'm sure I probably agree with most of the things you said. Yeah, we're totally not going to dish you, Josh. Dish. Oh my god, I'm so glad Josh is gone. Oh, oh yes. yes, now the podcast can really start. <laughs> now, if you're tuning in, guys, it's because uh, me and Reese have been talking to Josh for ages, and we're actually now he's finally gone, so uh, cut him out. So this way, we're actually going to start the podcast. It's probably got his ears at the door right now. He's, he's gone. He's, he's, he's gone. And uh, talking about Splinter Cell, I didn't actually even have an original Xbox. Like until I, I played Xbox 360 games and I played Xbox games with you and my brother Rob, but like who's also been the podcast? Ooh. Ooh. Well, I played um, the original Xbox before I moved to England, uh, and the only game I saw, like I said, was the original Splinter Cell Chaos Theory. It's also the first time I ever saw an online game, and the online game, the online for that was fucking amazing. It was literally insane, right? So you, ha- it's like a, I think it was a three v three, and one team plays spies. And you have no weapons, but you have lots of cool tools, and it's like Norseman and so on, right? And you're like dressed in black. And then you've got the other team, which plays mercenaries. And the mercenaries, uh, this is literally a first person shooter. And you've got like particularly like visors you can pull down that let you see like thermal and all sorts of stuff like that, and electric, electric pulses and whatever. And they have to protect a point. It's like, it's like a, um, a thing that spies have to hack or something. They have to hack these multiple points. And uh, it was fucking awesome because that game utilized the lighting system so much because the lighting was so good it's why the game looks so fucking good and it still looks good now 
uh, is because it was very focused on if you're in the dark or how much you're in the dark, and that's correlates to how visible you are, and then also how much noise you make. You even have like a you have like a little bar at the bottom next to your health, and one of them's a um, it's two bars. One of them is you how far along you are in light, how illuminated you are, and the other one is sound. How much sound you're making, depending on everything you're doing, like every single movement you make, including every every single footstep. And not only that, but on that meter, it's got another thing which shows you the sound of the environment. So basically, anything underneath that that part that part on the, on the thing the wind which moves all the time, wind blowing or like the trees yeah, yeah. making noise or something, is literally always moving. If there's like any noise happening at all, it's always moving. If you, as long as you're underneath that, you're covered by the environment. So it's really cool. There's like an there's a there's a level where you're on a ship, and obviously you're in a ship, so it's like creaking loud. and stuff. And you can kind of yeah, you can kind of sneak around when you're on the deck like decently well because of it. Oh, it's just so good. How many people was that? Well, online, yeah, it's only three v three, I think. But it's early days. So was it killing each other? Sorry, or was it killing uh, targets? So there's mercenaries versus spies. Spies had to hack, and the mercenaries had to defend the hack points by killing. They kill each other then. Yeah, yeah. The, the mercenaries would have to kill the spies, but the spies could choke out and kill the things. And what's cool about it is that it had proximity voice. And so any way you could talk to other people was through proximity. And uh, if you wanted to talk to your teammate, you, you could talk in the game. And the game chat was proximity. So if we were spies and we were like on a pipe in a warehouse up along, along the ceiling and there was another player underneath us as a mercenary looking around in the dark trying to find spies who are hiding in the shadows or creeping behind stuff. Um... We would be talking to each other, but if we were too close to him, or he came just right underneath us, he comes into the proximity range and he'd hear us, and it'd be quiet because we're far away. And as he comes closer and closer, it would get louder and louder. So you could talk to your teammates, but you had to literally act like you were literally there and and sneaking around. It was so good. And what's even better about that is if you were just completely silent, lone wolf, and you drop down like behind a mercenary who's like looking at uh, looking away or something. You could drop down and then choke him out. And because there's a choking animation, you can say something to him before he dies. <laughs> <laughs> you just like be walking around as a mercenary and suddenly you just get choked out and the guy's like, fucking die, bitch. Fall on the floor and die. Oh, it was so good. So fucking good. I think I know of any games that have got proximity. Mm. Uh, what it was just so... It was, it's funny, I would say it's innovative, but like, I mean, I know online games existed before Chaos Theory Online, but that's the first one like, game I ever saw. So for me, I, I came in to the... Uh, innovation train pretty high up like <laughs> mine was uh one was uh halo yeah uh, halo i think two because halo one am i right in thinking you couldn't do it online or could you i don't think you could i, might I think you could do that information but no. i don't think you could i think it's the second one i know you could play like an online style thing on the first one you play land yeah. i think i think that I'm almost I, certain you could, i know you could play split screen yeah. for sure so i'm almost certain you play land yeah, because I remember doing like big talks and stuff about it. Servers or anything like that, I don't think. But I, might I might have to look that up now, otherwise we're going to look very foolish talking about nostalgia, remembering things wrong because the human memory is not perfect. <laughs> that's the first. That's actually the game um, Halo One, the game I bought the Xbox for. I saw KFC and I really wanted it, um, but I wasn't sure what other games there were. And then I moved here and the kid across the street mm. went to his house and he was playing Halo, and I was like, I need this. Basically, as soon as possible. So. Yeah, I was, that game, that game like made me because I played it with like Rob, Halo One, Halo Two, and a few other people, and uh, I was like, "This is amazing!" And then I got an Xbox 360, and I was like, "I can play them all." So I got an Xbox 360, and one of the first things I did after buying Halo Three was I bought Halo One and Two. Mm. So I just played all the Halo games. The Halo One remaster. 
Yeah, and I had that combat evolved. Yeah, pretty anniversary, whatever. And you can press the button. Uh, I press the button. I love oh, that. That's such a good I idea. Wish all the remakes they're doing nowadays would do that. Yeah, I know it's not as easy because I think it's using the same engine. I it's think got, you can. Got to be, right? Am I right in thinking you can do it in Crash? Ooh, I don't know. I think you might be able to actually. Now you mentioned it. I think oh, you can. Man. You can. I'm so sure you can. Yeah, I think. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I'm. I'm pretty sure you can. You looking at? Oh, I'm trying to, yeah, but it's quite a weird thing to Google. Does crush the Portasque Nintendo Switch continues to get more juiciness? Uh, oh, it's just toggle original graphics in Crash Bandicoot? Question mark. Does the Insane Trilogy have the option to swap between them? Nope. They didn't have the source code in the original game, so won't. Halo games one and two have that. I think I did actually play the Halo Anniversary not that long ago. It was like four months ago. Yeah, I think it's the Master Chief collection, isn't it? Like all of them. Like, you can do it with all three of them. Master Chief collections on the PS, uh, Xbox One, sorry. Yeah, no, but like. And apparently it's absolute trash. How can it be trash? It's just, surely it's just the same game remastered. Well, I can't remember. It had like loads of crashing problems, uh, and the online is fucked. So, like, the online is obviously what everyone's super excited for because it's like classic Halo online. Yeah. They fucked it, and I can't remember how. I think it was just technically destroyed me and a, a mess me and you and Kieran and Comrade on Xbox 360 and Blue Black Kashi <laughs> <laughs> um, we played uh, Halo with him a lot mm. uh, those were glory days of gaming from, in my life yeah we played like I, I, was, I was talking to Megan about it and I, she didn't quite understand I was like no we've played like I think at one point with me, we had so there were social games and online games, and we were both over a thousand in both of them. And then our custom games were almost a thousand. I think that was the about amount. The thing is, I look, I look at that now. I remember looking back at it when ages after we stopped playing Halo. I think it was like maybe like college or maybe even after college or something. I don't know, but uh, it must be after college actually. Because I think Halo Reach stuff is coming out and whatever. Anyway, um, I'm pretty sure we we looked at how long we played for, and we yeah. figured it wasn't actually as much as. The time as we thought because you consider the the length of games in Halo 3 given I've played Halo 3 quite a decent amount recently because of that Halo 3 thing on PC they are really short like games are fucking short really I thought they were like 5 10 minutes long I'm pretty sure most of them go on for like 5 yeah well, to be fair there's, there are the thing, it's about right somewhere between 5 and 10 minutes but the thing is I think the limit is always 10 minutes but you don't usually ever get to the limit but someone always wins so it's 10 minutes maximum per game there's yeah, but a time in between game. Yeah, but Halo Three, when you do those big rounds, like you do the the big person, like what was it? Is it sixteen people, twelve or something, or eight? What was it? I can't remember the amounts. On Xbox 360, yeah, when you do that, the the biggest maps. Yeah. And you do like loads of people. The Snowblind one, or whatever, but it wasn't yeah, Snowblind; yeah. it's a different one. It's not Valhalla, but that's a great one. Mm-hmm. That's a Halo Three classic. But anyway, we're talking about Halo Three quite a lot. Let's go back. Let's wind it back. Yeah. <laughs> well, Halo One's great, but let's. Uh, what about games a little bit earlier than that? Like, did you ever play many SNES or N64 or NES games? First console I ever got was a PS1. Bloody so, nope. <laughs> and I only got a Game Boy Color for yep. my next thing. Oh, so you got a Game Boy Color afterwards? I got a Game yeah. Boy Color first. I got a Game Boy Color when I was four years old. I remember getting that with two black and white Pokemon. Like, I got Pokemon Red and Mario Super Mario Land. So... No, I got my PS, PS1 when I was four. I got my PS1 when I was six or seven, I think it was. That my Game Boy Color before that. It's interesting. It's actually, it sounds really stupid, but I'm so obsessed with gaming. It's like, I think 
think about that that day, that Christmas day, when I was four. So whatever that yeah that was. I don't fucking know. It was twenty years ago. Nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. December twenty fifth, nineteen ninety eight. My entire life changed, and it sounds really stupid, but it did actually did like it's been my a part of my lifestyle ever since. Like a massive part of my lifestyle, as, as lame as that sounds, it is it is true. Well, yeah, so it's like a, that fateful day. <laughs> well, it's one thing that I've been thinking about, which I'm not going to get too deep into because we're talking about gaming. But like, how a lot of things that one enjoys, you don't choose to like them; mm. you, you just do. Yeah. They play certain games, you're like, "This is amazing," and then when you enjoy it, your then brain rationalizes. It goes, "You enjoy it because of blank. You enjoy it because of that." Mm. And then when some people disagree. That's when some people get in heated discussions because, like, how can you not enjoy this thing? It's like, really, you just enjoy it and your brain's kind of rationalizing why you enjoy it. Like, it's really, it's a weird thing. Or one could even argue that your subconscious is understanding why you like it quicker, maybe. But it's weird, though, because you don't choose what you like. You choose what you do, to a degree, but you don't choose what you like. Mm. So, like, I like gaming because my parents introduced me to it when I was younger and I didn't have any siblings that lived with me. That's what you sort of force yourself to, like, Certain things, but you can try a hard. It's one of the things actually. I'd say if you force yourself to like something, what that really means is it was something that you were always capable of liking. You always could have liked it. It's just there was something stopping you. For instance, Dark Souls. (laughs) When I got first Dark Souls game, I bought that on a whim. I never heard of it. I literally bought it in Shredding Video, the local like shop that sells games. Who I know the guy behind the camera, I was talking to him a bit, and he was like, You know, this game's really hard. It's like Gary's brother. Yeah. <laughs> Dan. And he was like, You know, this game's really hard. I was like, Nope. <laughs> I was like, I, I just thought it looked cool. And it was in like a special edition box. And I was like, I just thought it looked cool. And I like fantasy games. And it says it looks hard. So it says it, it says it's hard in the box. So uh, I thought it'd be interesting. He was like, Yeah, it's like the hardest game ever made. And I was like, Fuck off. <laughs> like, maybe play fucking Battletoads. Like. <laughs> <laughs> that is proper nostalgia. Or Contra. You know, play Contra. Yeah, that game is hard as fuck. Literally, like, I remember playing that game in like the arcade before, and like abroad, like you put like fifty cents for a life. Mm. This is back in the good old days before fucking Brexit. <laughs> um, I'm joking, obviously, I don't. But well, with uh, back then, I, I remember going, obviously not just doing it abroad. I had like one of those plug-in game TV things where you get like you get like the old school gun. It plays like Duck Hunt and like the original Pac-Man and like that sort of shit. And there's like you know twenty games on there, and they're really old school. And I remember getting con- Contra when I was like eight or something, maybe ten. And I remember playing it, it's and I was awful. like, literally, you go for about five seconds, you die. You go, wait, what? <laughs> and then you, you, go, you go, okay, let's try again. And then you just do like, you do a bit better. Yeah, and I remember doing like, getting partway through the level, just always dying. And I'm like, yeah. this game's impossible. I'm just not going to play I it. I mean, it might be amazing. I'm not actually sure where people stand on Contra. I don't know if it's just really popular because it's, it's, it's so hard or because it was actually good. That's precisely my point. I bought Dark Souls and I started playing it. And I was like, "Ooh, I like this. This is quite cool. I like the atmosphere." And then I got stuck, like straight away, and I got really stuck. I was like, "What?" I was watching YouTube videos of people doing it. I was so desperate. I was like, "I don't understand how people can do this." And I was fighting the first boss in the fucking training area. I was like, "That sounds impossible." <laughs> and I watched people do it. I was like, "Okay, just get an idea how to play it a little bit more, like the play style." I was like, "Right, okay." So I played a little bit more, and after a while, I beat it. And I was like, right. And I, it took me a long time. So I, kept, I kept kind of sort of putting it off because I wasn't really enjoying it. I was stuck on the same fucking boss. Literally, yeah. you spawn at the bonfire and walk up some stairs right in front of you, open a door and you're the boss. So that was my game, like, basically. I spent like fucking 40 quid. <laughs> and then I got stuck on the, on the next area. I got I went, I went to the wrong area after the first area because I had no clue what I was doing. And I was like, what? And I, I was stuck on that bit for so long, I was convinced it was impossible. <laughs> and I was just like, you know what, just fuck it. So I stopped playing it. 
And I went back to it again. I was like determined. I was like, you know what? I should, I actually really like this game. And I found out I went the wrong way. I was like, okay. And bear in mind, I hadn't played it for like six months at this point. And I was like, okay, I'll go the right way. Here we go. And it took me a while, but I got to the boss in that area. I was like, okay, I'm actually really enjoying this. And I got stuck in that boss more than I've, I, I don't think I've been stuck on something that's like as, as, as bad as that in my life. <laughs> Other than maybe Sephiroth fight from fucking Final Kingdom Fantasy. Oh, Kingdom Hearts. Oh, yeah. With a, <laughs> with a really long cinematic yeah. beforehand. Uh, but he, um, he, Who's he? The boss. Um, oh, yeah, that's it, the boss, yeah. I fucking stuck on that shit, and I didn't play it again for like another maybe six months to a year. And I finally went back and played it, and I beat the boss without too much problem. And then I just kept playing, and I did get stuck a lot again, but I kept playing, I kept playing. And then by the time I got sort of used to it, I was like, oh, this is literally my favourite game I've ever played in my entire life. <laughs> it's like I literally put it off because... There was something there that was blocking me. Yeah, you know I mean, ultimately, I was going to love this game. It was going to be my favorite game of all time. Yeah, but there was something blocking me. So that's why I, I try to force myself to play lots of Push games. That's why I have so many fucking games because even a lot of the time, I see a game on Steam and I'm like, I like the idea of that game so much. Even if it sounds like nothing I like, nothing that I would usually play, I like the idea so much as it like a creative, like a, as a, cre- a creative aspect. Yeah, that I want to experience it, so I buy it and I play it. And lots of time, I'm like, that was really cool, and I'm never gonna play it again. <laughs> yeah, I've but, had that. Uh, well, yeah, a lot you... of time you have to push through, and you end up finding a game you love. Well, the way you're like that with games, I've just realised is both of us feel the way I feel about games is similar to the way you feel about movies, and the way you feel about movies is the kind of similar way I feel. Don't say the same thing again, but. <laughs> The way you feel about games, yeah, yeah, well, you, you love games, pretty, quite like movies. I quite like games, love movies. Mm. And it is that thing of, like, I just watch so many, like, if a movie sounds alright, I don't really, I don't look at the reviews as much. Mm. Sometimes you look at reviews, it's atrocious, you're like, what? if everyone is saying that is shit, it's highly unlikely I'm the only one who's going to enjoy it. But with yeah, the old if days... If you're really into something like that, that you can watch something and it not be good, or technically not be that good, and really, really like it. Oh, yeah. For particular reasons, like, uh, what's the term? Um... Like something when something's more more than the sum of its parts, what, synergy. Yeah. It's basically like it's, Dark Souls is a good example because Dark Souls goes on for everything. Apparently, <laughs> Dark Souls is like Dark Souls One. Is actually, if you played it now, I think you played Dark Souls One, did you? Uh, no, I did. I played Dark Souls One. I played. I got to the the first boss in the castly area. It's like a big dragony thing that takes up like half the half the area. Uh, <laughs> I suppose yeah I guess so it's not really a dragon at all but what? But is that the, the like giant fucking demon thing it's, it's got wings like yeah, a dragon wings yeah 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 and it's and you you go, you have to fight through a few skeletons and yeah, go up a few stairs boss, yeah. yeah I beat that boss without too much trouble but I played the game way after you ever played it like when I was a lot older and age is a big thing with these sort of games which I want to link back to something as well yeah. is uh, the the boss I I beat that and it was difficult, and I was like, yeah, yeah, it's really challenging, and obviously, but I was pre-warned by you, and I think that was around the time, like, Dark Souls 3 was out or something, and I was just like, I hadn't played these games, but I was, or maybe Dark Souls 2 or something, but I played the game, and I was like, I appreciate it, I think it's really good, but it's just, I don't really fancy it at the moment, and then it got on where I got busier and busier doing things like this, and then hmm. don't we have time to... If you play Dark Souls 1 now, you'd play it, particularly if you like somehow, like, if you ended up being decent, and you actually got through, like, I don't know, like five, six hours or something, yeah. probably enough. You play it and you'd be like, you you don't understand why it's good and you may really love it, but uh, I know no matter what, even if you hated it or liked it or thought it was okay or thought it was the best game you ever played in your life, you'd know the things are wrong with it. Like, there's a lot of things wrong with Dark Souls 1. Like, it is a complete and utter flawed masterpiece. But, but it doesn't matter because the sum of those, the sum of its, uh, it doesn't, it's, it's equals more than the sum of its parts. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. That's often about Stars Episode 3, <laughs> to be honest with you. But uh, yeah, with with little games like that, I'll tell you what, the, the the game that I got the most stuck on to recent memory, that I, I don't, there's probably other games that got stuck on more, but I'm trying, it's pretty one that I got stuck on quite a lot. Rayman 3 Hoodlum Havoc, but not near the start or anything, like the second to last level. when Did you, you say recently? No, 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 no. Oh, like, I mean, I mean, the most recent thing I can remember, like, I don't think this is the hardest time I've ever stuck, but it's the only thing I can really remember uh, at the moment. Well, you have to think back as far as fucking Rayman when you're stuck on a game really bad. Well, like, proper actually, like, I can't, oh, wait, no, the last time I was stuck properly on a game really bad was Crash Bandicoot recently, the HD remake, uh, on the first level, the first uh, bridge level. On, on the remake, <laughs> like that was the last time. I don't play games that much anymore because I, I don't have as much time for it. But like, I played that for like two nights. No, like one one night was that one level. You can walk on the rope. Yeah, I know you can do that, but it's very awkward. You can slip off real easy. It's like, awkward, but it's so much, so much easier than not doing it. Yeah, but I never did that because I'm a cheater. I did the game how it's meant to be played, and oh. I, I did the game how it's meant to be played, and I threw a fucking it's tantrum called, about it. It's called- I threw a tantrum about it, and I was like really fucking pissed off, and I was really annoyed. What did it take me two nights? I can't, it was either the same night or two nights, but it took me so many attempts that I lost all my lives. I was on like 99 lives. I lost them all. And then I had game over, like, I don't, I don't know how many times. Like, I, I do not know. I literally can start the game and go, run forward, die. Okay, start the game, run forward, jump, run forward, jump, run forward, jump, die. And like, but I knew my way to like three quarters to the end. But I knew the whole course so well. It's just like, you have to get that perfect sort of rhythm I going. I love that kind of shit. You get the flow state, and you really get into it. You're like, okay, da, 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 and you just go for it, just jump at this that's bit. What people, this that's bit. what people love speed, speed running for. That's yeah, like I, that's why thing. I've, I've that's got. I love like Mirror's Edge and stuff like that, even though they aren't necessarily amazing games. I just love the feeling so much, the momentum, the running, and the jumping, and the that's why I feel with Mario Sunshine. Oh, so that's what Mario Sunshine is one of my favorite games. You like actually run forward, you spray like Mario game. But you can't sprint. What do they? What do they do? The only game you can full on go fast. Two things you can do. You can spray water on the floor, dive forward, and literally just full-on slide really fast anywhere you go. Like, you don't even have to be on much water anymore. You can just zoom about. Or you get the rocket one. Not the rocket one. The turbo one. Just everywhere. And it's like, I love the fluidity of Mario Sunshine. Like Mario 64 is a phenomenal game. But Mario Sunshine is one of my favourite games. It's probably my... That is, I think, my favourite game ever. Mario 64? No, Mario Sunshine. All right. No, I'm not saying it's necessarily the best game. I know it's kind of flawed in some ways, but Mario I just Melee. thought Super Smash Bros. Melee is also my favorite game ever. But they're both <laughs> for different reasons. I enjoy Mario Sunshine the most when I'm by myself, but I enjoyed Sunshine. But I enjoyed Smash the most when I'm playing with you guys all. Yeah, but I don't know which I enjoyed more. Like if I played them both now, I enjoy Smash more. But like at the time when I would play Smash. Melee, I, I didn't play with other people. I was playing by myself. Mm. Whereas the Brawl was the one that I played competitive with other humans a lot more. Because Melee, I was like, I could destroy computer players because all I play against. But then me and you used to play a little bit. But then when we started playing it, Brawl came out quite soon after. Yeah. So we started. So Brawl, I've, I've never played by myself that much because we even unlocked all the characters together when we. Mm. See, when you live with me, subspace. we did Subspace Emissary. That was not, good. not that great. <laughs> but everyone seems not to love good it. At all. Really? Like, yeah. Oh, I fucking hate it. Yeah, it's upsetting to me. Um, what's the question? Smash, uh, mm. uh, Sunshine. Yeah. I'm going to try to see something else. <laughs> it's a great game. Obviously, Dark Souls is my favourite game if I'm going older. Yeah. Um, 
Things are so many. Like Star Wars Battlefront 2, for example, that is just one of the best. The thing is, I never really owned that game. I've played a decent amount of it, but I never actually owned it myself. It is so good. It was so much fun. There was no other game like it. It's true. Well, Well, there was. There was. Call of Duty. (laughs) Call of Duty and and, and Battlefront, like people screaming at me now, were out. And they obviously like that game, but like an actual sci fi game that's actually like for its time well made. Mm -hmm. There's like. It's really cool multiplayer. It's loads of fun. Like me and Kieran used to always play it before Halo. That sort of thing. Like the Republic out before that, though. And that was like an MMO, wasn't it? Yes. Um, people are going to hate me for this because I'm such a massive Star Wars nerd. <laughs> I barely played either of the Knights of the Republic I, games. I played one of them. And when I say played, I mean someone was playing it. I think it was George, actually, my, my stepbrother. He was playing it. Like, obviously, this is well after it came out. Like, I, was, I think I'd be playing 360 by this point. Yeah. And I played it. I took over basically for like 20 minutes. That I basically did the same. Experience with it. it makes me very, very sad. It seemed quite cool, actually. I basically did the same, and there's just a lot of people online going, why the fuck have they not made you one? Like, literally, open up Legends to all, the, all these stories of Darth Revan and Bane, introduce this whole new era of Star Wars that you could probably make films about or whatever the hell you want to do with it, right? And just make a big MMO game. And a lot of people are saying that's what they are doing. And the, just like, you know, about Star Wars, uh, Benny Off Weiss, who make Game of Thrones, they're making a Star Wars saga, so a lot of people are like saying about that. So maybe they'll be in, they'll make if they make a Star Wars saga that's set before all the current Star Wars films, back to when Knights of the Old Republic was set. If there's films about that, then maybe they'll make games about it too. Hopefully, it's not EA doing it. Yeah, EA have made like I think EA won't make a fucking MMO anyway. I fucking hope they don't. Holy, oh my god, can you imagine? I, I saw a microtransaction said City. As you saying that, I mean like. Ubisoft bought one, doesn't he? Division. That's an MMO. Is it? What, well, Tom Clancy's Division? Yeah, that's an MMO. Is it? Not like it's good or anything, although obviously, apparently now it's actually alright. It was fucking awful when it came out, but they're bringing a second one out for some reason. It's an MMO. It's really weird. Is it? For, I for didn't know. AAA companies who seem to just be completely attached to this idea of games as a service, it's really interesting as they got a game which is by genre defined as a game as a service, and they actually just released one. I mean, it's not like, it's not been like a really short amount what, of time. What do you mean game of service? I don't Games as a service are like the idea of releasing a game and they're not releasing another one, just keeping that game and constantly updating it and releasing DLCs and stuff like that. Like they're doing that, like lots of games. Yeah. You don't really see sequels very often anymore. And if you do, there's not as many as there used to be at all. Not even close. <laughs> you think about all the old games, you know, how many sequels they got? I know they're old. And some of them are running. Well, Call of Duty. You think about how many they had for how long, how old they were at the time. Call of Duty is a good example. Yeah. I mean, they are starting, obviously, they're the, one of the main things that's still going like that, they do the old formula, but... Oh, yeah, cool. to be fair, Call of Duty is still released all the time. Um, but there's lots of games that do this kind of shit. It's... Except Nintendo. Well, Nintendo yeah, released, yeah. like, per console, like, one or two of each person, like, each Nintendo character. Nintendo release anything. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Maybe the Switch is going to change all that. Yay. Anyway, back to uh, switching it all back. What's the your the best old, like really fucking old game? Like, I think Pac-Man is one of the best, but Tetris, we got like, really fucking old. Like, I so, love yeah, I don't Tetris. know, the old, really old game for me that I have any connection to is a console I've owned. So the oldest I can go is PS1. But do you not ever like, that's you never played any of the other old school games? Like, I have, but not like I never owned them. So I never actually had lots of time with them. I'm just curious of like your old school nostalgia favourites. One of my favourite games of all Galaga. time it isn't that old. Galaga's great. But it is Metal Gear Solid 2. It's PS2. Absolutely amazing, even though it's really uh, controversial. It's just, it's just, it's the first Metal Gear Solid game I've ever played. And it's funny because when I was playing at the time, um, 
I had no idea what the fuck's going on in the story. Right, I, I was very confused. I was like, what is going on? And they mentioned that the Metal Gear Solid 1 a decent amount. And I was like, okay, right. I really should. I didn't realise the story was going to be so intense in this game. And then now I know more about all the stories and I played the first one and I played pretty much all of them. It's like, didn't really make a difference. Really. Like, the story is like <laughs> absolutely fucked. Like, you go onto the uh, Metal Gear Solid like, wiki and it's like, it's like, it's like something you've never seen in your entire life. It's just, it's just, it's just strewn information everywhere. There's just so much conflicting information as well across all, all the games. And there's like little parts mentioning this conflicting things here. And it's like, if this is true, then this is true. And there's like a whole other article. But it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's so convoluted. I don't think Hideo Kojima even knows what the fuck's going on. Like, he knew fucking made the games. <laughs> like, he literally, like, this <laughs> is insane. And it, that's what I loved about it, though. And I remember, I remember not, not knowing the, fir- what happened in the first game and just hearing them talk about it and things mentioned and groups and people I should know about that I don't know and just sort of having to fill in the blanks. And that made the experience really fucking memorable. Yeah. That's why I love Dark Souls. Because <laughs> it's just the same thing, but not they just don't. That. They just don't tell you anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it leads me to fill in the blanks. And um, that's why it was, it was, it was fucking sick. And uh, I play it now. And even I play it now, I'll still be fucking filling the blanks. I ain't got a clue what's going on. You know what was one of the best games ever? Hmm. Hercules. Oh, yes. If anyone's played like the PS1. Disney Hercules on PS1, that game is so good. It's like 2.5D. Hmm. It's just amazing. It's just so good. It's so enjoyable. You fight the Hydra and it's not really difficult. Was it? No, it wasn't 2.5. It was 2D. I There's thought no there were 3D models in it. I thought there were all the models in it were 3D. It's all illustrated. It has like a parallax. Like the background moves slower than the foreground. That, that kind of stuff. But it's all 2D. I'm certain that there are like items and stuff that are like 2.5D that make them pop out. Like, I'm oh, certain like... Whole, right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm that's certain like most right. of the sprites. That's why it was that's so right. groundbreaking. Some of it's... Because otherwise it'd be like a NES game. Like, I'll go on like Hercules. I think that game. that's either right or they do a clever thing with the illustration to make it look like it's sort of turning. But I, I think you might actually be right. Well, let's take a little look. See, even though the people who are in the podcast land listening can't see, I can't really tell because I'm trying to see if there's like a specific you see moving stuff of it. Oh, there's those bits where you're running and it's still kind of like two D, but you're like you can move left and right. And those bits where you're running. I don't think Hercules. This I think I, don't, I think it's only stuff in the environment. That's 3D, you know? <gasps> the horse dude. I remember him. I don't. I, I think it's stuff in the environment is 3D, or yeah. a lot of it is. Yeah, I think... um, and not all of it is. And I think Hercules and all the characters are 2D. You're right. Sure. You're right. I'm looking at the screenshots now. I was dead wrong. I was remembering it really weirdly. Oh, it's, that, it's, it's all a really 3D, short yeah. game, you know. Because the Hydras as well, like the Hydras like being in the background. That was all 3D and stuff. I played it on a on a PlayStation emulator about three years ago or something. Oh, really? Yeah, I think it was when we lived in the in the old house. Oh, sweet. Mm. Um, and it is very short. <laughs> but I also played a couple of like PS and PS One that I was really excited to play, and they're all really short. I yeah, don't you know, think about it at the time. Like, tell you what, it was the shortest game of them all. I couldn't believe it, and I still can't believe it now. It makes no sense in my head. As long as I can remember the time right, I completed you know the Rugrats game. Yeah, in search of reptile. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I completed it in like two hours. <laughs> Something like that. It two hours, two and a half hours maximum. Wow. It was so short. That like, game was amazing, though. No, unless I just totally missed, missed something. I'm almost certain I did every level. Maybe so there was just no more idea. to do. Maybe there's like loads of side missions or something. No idea. But that, I remember that game being amazing where you walk through the mirror and you're walking on the ceiling. That was freaky. Yeah, that was so good. That was awesome. I love that. Very memorable game. Yeah, and you're like Chucky and you're running for the goose and stuff, aren't you? It's really creepy. Right. Yeah, I remember the being music like... music and the animations and stuff is a bit fucking creepy. Yeah, it's got, it was like uncomfortable. Yeah. 
There's a lot of games I like that. Abe's Odyssey was like that. Yeah. Abe's Odyssey, you play it. Like, I'm just really uncomfortable. I didn't really like playing it. I was just like, this is just making me uncomfortable. I, it's I don't... weird, isn't it? I think it's the art style. The, the remakes don't really do this, have the same effect. Unless no. it's just like a thing where it's like, we've now experienced lots of things with the game, so these kind of things don't. Maybe. Make us feel weird, but yeah. it's very fucking weird. Well, the Uncanny Valley, not Uncanny Valley, that's a completely wrong thing. I, I didn't even know why I said that. I was thinking something else. <laughs> completely wipe that from the script. Um, no, what I was thinking is the, uh, that, I don't know what I think about is that Uncanny Valley. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh man, that's really annoying. You know, you just, your, your brain goes, hey, what was that? It's like, what's, what was I thinking about? Gone forever. See ya. Off you go. Um, choo choo. Choo choo. The thought train. Off it goes. No, I was thinking of like, uh, some of the PS1 games, like, it's obviously the platformers, I think Josh mentioned earlier, Croc, Legend of the Gobbos, and like that sort of genre of games, but Tekken. Yeah, they were like the 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 fighting games like that. Sorry. You just hit the mic stand. Sorry. I apologize to people listening, you're gonna hear your insolence. Sorry. You have to be. Um I can't really remember many PS1 games thinking about it. Yeah, I always forget them. I remember, like, it's always PS1, and to be fair, it's starting to happen to PS2, unfortunately. Yeah. PS1's one of those consoles where people will be like, uh, people like names from games, like, I don't fucking know. Okay. Wipeout, Gex, Someone's like, Gex. I'm like, oh, fucking yes! I just remember all these amazing games, but I don't remember them until so much of them. Yeah, I'm a bit like that. It's so long ago. It feels like for us, imagine what we used to be, feel like for other people. Imagine being alive before video games. Like, pe- there are people who are alive who, like, this is such a millennial thing to say. Remember, like, <laughs> Pong being released. That's fucked up. That is. Like... It makes me uncomfortable. What would you be into, Reese? I Pong came out. What would you I be into? I don't know when Pong came out. I guess it was 60s. Uh, I think it's a bit earlier than that, but that's fine now. I'm pretty sure it was originally made in, for the, mili- in the military, wasn't it? Or something weird. Yeah. Wow. Wow. What? Wow. 1960. No. What? 1972. Oh. It's pretty recent. Like, that's... Really recently, like my brothers were. I think my brother Chris is born that year. Yeah. Pac Man, nineteen eighty. Space Invaders, nineteen seventy. To be fair, my mum's my obviously before. You know, she saw me play games from my growing up. I remember having like talking to her about games when I was like ten, this kind of tenish kind of age. Yeah. And she, her video games to her were like Pac Man and the original Mario. Like that, that, that was video games. And obviously, I was playing like fucking PS two games right at this point. And I was just like, what? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so that's what. The kind of way when I have people like I really like video games like I I I just do not that my priority I you have to invest a lot more time in video games and I would rather watch several movies a few series do this do that and little bits and pieces and play one video game for a while rather than focus a lot more on video games and do that you know because I do really like them but I just the way I distribute my time I don't really have time for it that's okay but when I was younger I used to play so much from them and I've got such a love for them and I kind of feel the way about them that almost. A lot of people feel about, or I don't like the. It makes me think I don't like the way people think about music in some way. Where they go, I just don't like music. They go, I just don't like video games. And it's like, I can see what you're thinking, but it's to me, it's almost like I don't like any sport. The now, people who say they like video games are people who are terrible at video games. Well, I think it's kind of similar with sport because, like, I wouldn't say I absolutely love playing any sport apart from badminton and dodgeball. Like, I love those two. I like doing outdoorsy things. Like, if you and the guys said, like, we never do, but if, if you said, do you want to go in summer? Do you want to just go kick a football around somewhere on the field? I'd be like, yeah, go, uh, that sounds like fun. Because that's different, though, because it's not as adaptable as video games. Because, like, yeah. that's just, that's always football. Or, you know, I mean, it's a handful of things. That's like saying, 
you know, changing the person saying they don't like video games to saying they don't like Crash Bandicoot as if it represents all video games. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, you could obviously platform a... It's like, there's a fucking video game for everyone, for God's sake. That, yeah, I think there is as well. I mean, you've, you've got, like, you've got the main core genres, but you've got games that are so randomly specific, yeah. which there are reasons why, like, games like Farmville is a, is a game. It's not... Well, actually, we've had this discussion before where you would say it's not actually a game because <laughs> it's that was a bad example. I was thinking of more like other mobile games, but yeah, game more like Candy Crush, right? That's yeah. game, like so. That's all thing that the how popular and big that is, like because there's a lot of people who are casuals and it's still a game, like, but it just hasn't got the depth to what you like about other games. But yeah, is there anything else that you'd like to add? We come for a nice rounded hour and fifteen, so. I don't know. I don't know. I suppose not. I think it's good when I stop. I imagine we're going to pull the plug and then immediately it's going to be like, why the fuck did I mention that? Oh, yeah. It's going to be loads of them, but, you know. Oh, well. It is what it is. Yeah, I didn't want to do too much with that, Josh. It's not really fair, is it? Even though, if Josh, if you're listening, fuck you. So it's way better without you. (laughs) (laughs) I bet bet it wasn't better without him. We miss you. I mean, that you're terrible. I hate you as a as a guest. Thank you very much. I'm highly offended. Good. And I will cry myself to sleep tonight and tomorrow. Potentially the whole weekend. Okay. Can you save them for me? Save what the tears. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Save the tears for me. Into a vial. I was thinking of vial, yeah. Like a little we'll test you we think of this cork in it. Yeah. I don't think it'd be like a necklace you wear it around your neck and just whenever you want to cry, you just cry into your own little tear vial. <laughs> I suppose edgy hipster together. That's what people should do, tear vowels. It is evaporated, isn't it? I, I'm not good with that answer to that question. I don't know, maybe. How long will that take? How hot would it be? Depends on country. If you're walking out at the weather it is now, would it evaporate? I guess eventually. Depends how often you cry. <laughs> yeah, if you're in like this room, this room is quite warm. But if the cork's in it, how does evaporation work? Does it just condense on the inside of the... So. so if you had enough in there, eventually it would just be all like sweating the inside. Yeah, yeah, it would like fog up and it messed up. That's a good point. Yeah. Actually, it probably only messed up a certain amount. It depends on the liquid. This is so so. <laughs> this is too much. <laughs> 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 no, there's no what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. So let's just let's just let's get. Just stop here. Yeah, kind of thing, definitely. He's gonna be if he's listening now. He's gonna be like, oh my god, guys, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Sorry to everyone who's listening. Please look up condensation because we <laughs> don't know. Next, uh, episode, all yeah. that condensation and how we were just completely wrong. I think there is one I've, I might have done. Look through the science for simple catalog. You'll see it later. <laughs> anyway, guys, uh, we're gonna go now. Thank you very much, Reese, for coming on. No problem, bro. I should have. Re- I probably mentioned in the in the intro, but I've got such a blocked up nose. That's <laughs> why it's so bad. But yeah, talk to you guys another time. Bye. And that's the end of the podcast. Thanks as always for tuning in, guys. Um, in the coming weeks, I've got quite a lot planned. So just before I get into that. If any of you appreciated the show, please share us on social media to anyone who you think will enjoy it. Um, Not just this episode, but, you know, any of the episodes. As I say all the time, I've got a huge back catalogue. Huge. I've got quite a big back catalogue. I've got a wide variety of guests. And even though I don't think every person who listens is going to enjoy every episode, um, I think that every person who's listening will find at least another episode that they enjoy and they'll probably find a few episodes that other people may enjoy you know i've had conversations with photographers authors psychologists ceos of companies um, people suffering with sort of mental and physical illnesses including crohn's disease depression anxiety um you know 
quite a wide berth of people. I've spoken about nature, a lot of things. People are experts in animals, scientists. You know, I've got the mini series, Science But Simple, that I've got with Josh, who's in this podcast, where we just try and explain scientific things in an easy to digest manner. So th- there's quite a wide amount of things to sort of seek, 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 oh my God, to seek your teeth into. Christ. Um, so, you know, if you enjoy this sort of thing, then please share it with other people. You know, reviews on iTunes and all those sort of other things are always appreciated. And liking on all the social media channels is really appreciated. But sort of spreading through word of mouth is great because, you know, this is a small indie podcast. I don't have the money to advertise and stuff on loads of other things. So collaborations, promo swaps, and word of mouth is really how I get my name out. So, well, I don't care about my name, just genuine chit chat, just the podcast name kind of push that out there. Anyway, coming up in a few weeks, um, next week is going to be a, it's the 50th episode, yay, I mean, it's not the 50th release because, you know, part one and part two of episodes and things, and I've been going for over a year now, almost every week, um, so, yeah, the 50th episode, uh, that's a collaboration with the Crazy Train podcast, um, if you subscribe to them, they're part of the Emotionally 14 banner, the guy, uh, Rob Wade, who basically sorts emotionally 14 uh it's basically got a couple of podcasts under that sort of banner so yeah um it's the crazy train podcast um i believe next friday is when they're going to be releasing the part one of our chat which is the 15th and then on the 17th which is you know sunday as i usually uh, release on sundays um that'll be part two of the chat so when the thing comes out i'll do a little intro thing to explain it but it's basically going to be a case of part two is going to be on my feed, Genuine Chit Chats, and part one is going to be on the Crazy Train uh, feed. So it's trying to cross-pollinate audiences. You know, if you're really into the chat, obviously go check them out. You'd have to subscribe. You just download the episode, give it a listen. If you're not into Rob and Blake, then uh, that's fine. After that is going to be a chat that I have not yet recorded, but I've got all organised and things uh, with an American comedian. Um, can't go into details who it is, just in case they pull out or anything like that. So that's coming up there. And still in my pocket, I've got two two parters. Um, I've got one with the gentleman from the Church of Satan and one from Beth Crane of uh, We Fix Space Junk. Um, I've got a few other chats upcoming uh looking at my calendar i've got four chats uh lined up which i imagine will be about an hour long each um and one of them is a collaboration with another podcaster well a collaboration he's coming on my show he has a podcast he's super interesting so that's going to be uh that i think apart from that guys there's not really much else to say um Apart from I appreciate anyone listening to the end, I I do apologise for the audio issues we've had in this podcast, or I've had, because it's all my fault. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, that's my bad. That's it, really, guys. You know, as I said, like, subscribe, and share. Um, Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Instagram's generally what I use a bit more of. You know, I post about what's going on generally in my life, within reason, on there. Uh, Food, movie reviews, and audio snippets of the show. So, you know, if you've listened this far, thank you very much. And if you're not a subscriber, and you've listened this far, and you're a bit dubious, you know, I would say just subscribe, and then if any episodes come out that bore you, just delete them. But equally, um, if you're still a bit unsure, you can follow me on Instagram, you know, at genuine underscore chit chat. Um, links are at the bottom. Uh, every episode of the podcast, if you scroll to the bottom, there should be like a little thing that says Instagram. You should be able to click it and it'll take you there. Um, but genuine chit chat is quite easy to find on all these sort of places. Um, if you go on there, uh, every week when I have a sort of episode that's just released, I post two or three times a week with, usually with an audio snippet of just 30 seconds or so. So there's one of this chat, 
by the time you're listening to this, there may be one out. Uh, I normally post an Instagram sort of Monday, Wednesday, Friday sort of things, new episodes. So with any of the snippets, you can just go on Instagram, check out some of the episodes, see if there's anything you fancy. Um, that's a bit it then, guys. So, you know, thanks as always for tuning in. Um, I appreciate each and every one of you listening right to the very end. And I'll talk to you all next week.